Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. Well, from the triple digits of temperature here in Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And I'm Dan. Uh, Coming up on today's episode, uh, we actually um, have a, a conversation I was going to call it an interview. It was more of a conversation. It's a conversation. Uh, With Noah. From uh, Skating Atheist. Yeah. The the, uh, fellow podcaster. One one of the other podcasts. And he's a... (laughs) That's right. There are allowed to be other podcasts. (laughs) Unlike the the Mormons, we're not going to declare declare ourselves the true podcast. Oh, we should. (laughs) We should. Because it is. Well, I mean, obviously. Clearly. Obviously. But let's face it, folks. But let's not let's let's just not. It just sounds wrong when you say it. There's That's, something a little douchey as a it? <laughs> so there you go. But yeah, his his podcast is great, and we'll have a chat with him about stuff. Yeah, uh, stuff that is related to other stuff. Stuff we've stuff. Been, yeah. that we've been talking about that we got we we kind of boy we got an influx yeah. of, of commentary. We touched upon, apparently, a fairly... Well, actually, this week, we, we've we touched upon a couple, we, apparently. We, we may have hit some nerves. We hit some nerves this week. That's, that's good. good. That's good. That's we're, what we want to be we're doing. Very, yeah. We're very pleased about all of this. <laughs> we're very so proud. If you're, if you're pissed off at us right now, that was the goal. Hooray. <laughs> we're, we couldn't be happier. <laughs> Just well. a couple dicks with a podcast. <laughs> it was... <laughs> So, what's going to piss people off this week, Frank? Oh, well, well, it was a big week. I'll start with that one. It was a big week, especially big week. for uh, for you know, in America, in in in, America in, in these for... United States, especially for the the gays yeah. of, of the USA, yeah. um, U.S. gay, as I'm sure most people um, are aware of already. Uh, DOMA was overturned. The Defense of Marriage Act right. was overturned by the Supreme Court this week. So and, what the, uh, I mean, and I'm sure everybody knows this, but for you know, if you're an international listener and you don't know that this was a, an act uh, that was done back in what the late '90s, it was in the '90s, yeah, because Clinton uh, signed it, right? Law. So, uh, so basically, it was just like uh, you know when gay marriage was first starting to be legal in some states, and and the this issue was, was bubbling, right? So the federal government, the American oh, federal government, got right on top of it. And they said... And they defended marriage. They did. They defended they my got, marriage. They yeah. didn't defend your marriage. No, they defended no, no. my marriage. And they said Well, that, I'm not married, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Uh, and then they said uh, that, that, yeah, you, you, that only straight people get... Uh, all the rights and privileges of, yes, of, of the, marriage. Of marriage. All Th- of, that are granted by the federal government. All of the federal goodies yeah. that come so with being, being able married. to file your taxes jointly... And, able and to, take the, the, the credits that you get with that. Exactly. Um, and being able to, um, oh, I, I'll you get your spouse into the country if yeah. you're married an international f- yeah. fellow or Any gal. number of things. Being able to uh, to inherit your spouse's shit yeah. when they die. Yeah. That's what started this whole case. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, so that law got struck down. Now, Yay. in jurisdictions where marriage has been declared legal, legal like on the state level, um, it is the federal. All those federal rights and privileges and responsibilities are going to trickle down to those married folks. Hooray. So hopefully, they weren't doing it as just an empty gesture, right? Because <laughs> it was fairly empty gesture until just recently. Yeah, exactly. So, 
Um, and so, well, not empty gesture. It was actually a gesture replete with emotional with, significance. With meaning and significance, <laughs> just not the kind that has legal influence. Yeah, exactly. And so, anyway, so that um, got struck down. Yeah. And But that kind of brings up an interesting thing because, oh, and also the other thing was California's Prop 8 um, sort of... Which was, it, this, which this was, was, which was the more, the largely Mormon funded, uh, campaign to, for a statewide constitutional mm-hmm. ban on queers getting hitched. Yeah. So Af- after the state had legalized marriage. Fag marriage. Yeah. Fag marriage. That's what we need to call it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's cute. Uh, and so, so blah, blah, blah. Um, the Supreme Court punted on that one yeah. as the pundits are saying. And uh, they, uh, they 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 let the lower court's ruling stand. Right. Basically, they were just trying not to step into or what would have been a really sticky issue for them. Right. Uh, and so, anyways, um, so gay so, marriage will be gay. Gay marriage is now legal in California once again, and they'll start performing them. I don't know when the next thirty days or something. Yeah. Like and, that. Uh, and yeah. And so, uh, so, so this brings up an interesting thing, which is. California is huge. It's enormous. It's 30, oh, a little over 38 million people. Is it the most populous state it's in the, the Union? It's the most populous state. Um, it's as large as, if not larger than a lot of European countries as far as population. It's larger than most, isn't it? Probably larger than most. I mean, there's obviously there's like Germany France, and France and Germany, and I think, that would easily outnumber. Um, I mean, France is like, well, I have the statistic right in front of me, 63.8 million people wow um but i have no clue what Germany although i'm is, guessing so that the california is probably geographically larger than france yeah i have no clue I'm, i mean, it has to be in the neighborhood yeah or larger or larger i have no yeah. clue no seriously no clue <laughs> but anyways um so but but this brings up a really interesting thing because all of a sudden the a large chunk of new people in this country are going to be getting uh fag hitched yeah, and uh, along with um, other states that have either just uh, legalized gay marriage or that will soon be, um, where it will soon be legal, mm. um, are Delaware, Maine, Maryland, Minnesota, Rhode Island, and Washington. Yeah, which collectively aren't even close to the population of California, but still a, a, but it not adds, a large chunk adds of the, to the number. And at this point, I did the math earlier, and what was it? Ninety-eight, ninety-eight million. Americans now live in jurisdictions where, where gay marriage is legal. That's, yeah, almost, that's remarkable. almost a third of us. Almost a third of the population. Um, and so obviously this is going to bring up some some uh, weird constitutional <laughs> stuff in the next few years. So it's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome, awesome, awesome. But anyways, um, but I came across this interesting article that was talking about how in the last year – um, or by August 2013, um, in a one-year span, um, the number of people globally who lived in places where gay marriage was legal will more than double by, by wow. August yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Um, last year in August 2012, um, there were 288 million people in places where gay marriage was was legal uh we just at we're just adding right now 296 million holy crap people yeah brazil's the one that's pushing that number yeah (laughs) well brazil has a lot of folks yeah that's for sure i didn't even realize brazil was doing it brazil 
I knew that South America is going Brazil a little had, bit gay nutty. Yeah, I right know. now. Well, Brazil had legalized. There were parts of Brazil that had legalized gay marriage, um, and so, but it was kind of just a, a small portion of the country. And then now with this, uh, the rest of the country kicking in. Yeah, it's a it's big great. number. It's big, amazing. Big, big number. Um, and then, um, yeah, but South America, right? Yeah, there we got Brazil. Argentina, Argentina yeah. and uh, Uruguay okay. is coming online. Yeah, so kind of crazy. Yeah, I want I want to say like well, Mexico. It, I, yeah, the, well, there's parts, parts of Mexico, some states of Mexico. Yeah, not that they're South America, but well, they they might as well be. They're more south than <laughs> us, <laughs> south of us. So uh, that to me is South America. Totally, if they're yeah. in the Americas, they're clearly and they're south in of North us. America. There's no denying that Mexico is in North America. Right. I like to think of Arizona as South America, really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, hang on. I got it. So, but then, but then also, um, you know, there, I mean, and we've mentioned a couple of these places before, but like um, South Africa, which is a fairly large country, has yeah. gay marriage. I always forget about that one. But they, but, but they still appropriately hate the gays for. An African country, like when we were talking about acceptance of gays. Oh yeah, they're, they're terrible. They're still low, but somehow they figured out how to make it legal, right? Even when acceptance is really low, right? That's cool. Uh, that's a thing. I kind of like them for that. California, by the way, has uh, is square mileage. We're we're talking one hundred and sixty three thousand square miles. Ooh, France. Do you want to guess? Uh, you said one hundred sixty three. For... Uh huh. I'm gonna say that it's about. 120. 260 square miles. Really? France it's that is, big? Yeah. You got to kind of squish California. It's the size of down. Texas, isn't it? I think I remember that. That may now. be. 260 the size of Texas. Let's, let's look up Texas real Ooh. quick. Hey, everybody. Tejas. We're giving you some geography facts. It's what, it's what we do. Thank we, we thank God for geography facts. <laughs> it's, 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 our, it's our new spinoff podcast. It's going to be coming up soon, I'm sure. <laughs> Where we just compare sizes of states and or countries. Uh, <laughs> let's see. The uh, the square mileage, uh, 268. Wow. For Texas. So, so close. Right, right in there. Close. Yeah. Remarkable. And a fascinating fact. A great... You know what? That's, that is like three minutes of solid, solid That's entertainment for you people. Podcast gold right we're, there. We're on it, you folks. <laughs> <laughs> Don't try to say that we're not, because we're here for you. Yeah. All right. Anyways, if you add those numbers up, I think this is great. By August, there will be about 585 million people in this world living in countries or states of countries um, oh, where uh, yeah. Where speaking of France, we added France in this in that time frame, right? Yeah, yeah. France so is France is, is one adding of the big ones. sort of. They're one that sort of counted in the being added by August. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. I'm going there. Oh, soon. Yay. France is lovely. Here, I, I well, yeah, I've been to France, <laughs> but I've never been to the. I'm going. I'm going to be in the south of France. Ooh, south of France, along the uh, the uh, the Mediterranean. Mmm. You know that'll be nice. Lovely. <laughs> Beautiful. The French Riviera. As they call Ooh. it. I don't know if technically Marseille is in the Riviera. I don't even know what Riviera means. I just associate that word with anything on the Mediterranean coast. No. 
Yeah, I it's don't. not anything along no. the coast. I know. The Moroccan Riviera. <laughs> no, I mean like with the French Riviera. Oh, you mean well there's the Italian Riviera. Yeah. I don't know anything about that either. Yeah, it's I just associate it of, with that area. It's like up up in the little area up at the top of the boot. Yeah. I don't think anybody cares about the, the Italian Riviera. Oh, you should care about the Italian Riviera. You care about it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm the only on. difference is the, the, the trains suck. <laughs> <laughs> and the country's fairly dirty. Yeah. Well, there you go. France is clean and the trains are great. That'll be nice. Italy, it's dirty and the trains suck. Good. Good that, to know. That's the main difference. That's, that's how you, that, and they don't speak the same language. If you look that's, around and you don't know, you don't know what language to speak to someone. If you've been, if you've been traveling and you don't know what language <laughs> you're supposed to speak, take a whiff, look for garbage, and you'll know. Yeah. yeah. No, it's fairly true. <sighs> and the more garbage there is, the further south in Italy you are. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. Of course. And the train because because as the, as everyone knows, garbage in this country or in the world falls toward the equator. Well, yeah, it the falls spin down. Spin of the planet, right? It's the Coriolis it effect. It is technically garbage down. It's there. It's it's mostly France and Switzerland's trash, right? They're just the, strewn about Italy, leaks into Italy. Yeah. Well, I mean, it works it's here too. Not I mean, true. I mean, Canada's garbage kind of. Canada is much nicer Careful. and cleaner, and then suddenly it falls down here, and then it, we're not quite as clean, and yeah. I'm going to stop before I get to Mexico. Yeah. Careful. <laughs> Although it I've, just all I've been to Mexico. It's just the fence. <laughs> just, <laughs> that fence is a, a mess. It just it's a gross, all of it. It's a disgusting fence. Don't, don't <laughs> they, go to the border. They really should tear it down so it can flow back into Mexico because <laughs> it stopped. Mexico's yeah. getting all nice and cleaned up. I know. God, tear that fence down. <laughs> tear tear Mis- down that wall. Mr. Gorbachev. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm going to move on before oh, we get nonsense. in even more trouble. Uh, Johanna mm. uh, on the Facebook mm. clued us into uh, a little story I wanted to talk about. Okie doke. Uh, uh, so after this whole Doma thing went down, uh, let, let, let's go to Pennsylvania. Mm. Where the Pennsylvania House of Repeti- Representatives, representatives or, or repetitives, repetitives, you know the repetitives over in Pennsylvania, uh, they there was a bit of a scuffle, <gasps> a bit of a to do, a kerfuffle. There was. Ooh. There, I would, I would go so far. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, a, a representative representing uh, the Philadelphia district, Brian Sims. Ooh. Brian Sims got up to. Uh, to address the House under unanimous consent. Oh. But one member objected. Created, he On a parliamentary point of order, yeah. he stopped Representative Sims from standing up, saying, uh, well, so, uh, and, and wouldn't let him talk. And here's why. He, he explained this uh, to WHYY in Philadelphia. Mm. They're the home of fresh air. I know, with Terry Gross. Oh, rude. I don't like her. Oh, I do. I know. I'm on that side of that argument. I wish that they had canceled her <gasps> and, and, and left thank, uh, Talk of the Nation. Oh, no. Anyway, talk of the Nation? Better than her. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Anyway. Um, so here's, what, here's, here's why uh, Representative Daryl Metcalf says he stopped Brian Sims from talking. Mm, this is going to be good. Brian Sims is the first openly gay member elected to the House. Oh. P.S. Okay. He stood to talk, uh, I think, about DOMA 
And and Daryl Metcalf stopped him, saying, so here's here's his explanation. I did not believe that as a member of that body, I should allow someone to make comments such as he was preparing to make that ultimately were just a rebellion against the word, what the word of God has said, what God has said, and just open, and just open rebellion against God's law. Hmm. Strangely, somebody (laughs) forgot uh, to read the constitution. Yeah, Yeah, just a little. Might have done, might have done. God's law doesn't apply there. No, Mr. Metcalf has no 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 standing. You're you're in a house of man's law. God's law has no legal standing. That's the house that man's law built. Yeah, not God's law. Yeah, God. If you, you want can, that, go down the street, go to the church, go to the church, and then prevent Brian Sims from talking in your church. Right. That would be okay. Yeah. This is not okay. Yeah. Uh, also, also, Mr. Mind Reader, you don't you don't even know right? what he was about to say. Right? Uh, I'm going to prevent... You know what? This The Holy Ghost told him. You need to shut up, Dan. <laughs> Stop saying what you're saying. <laughs> I don't like what you're about to say. Did the Holy Stop G- saying it, Dan. Did the Holy Ghost tell you yes, what Yes! Stop! Oh. It's against God's will. <laughs> God doesn't want you to talk, Dan. Point of order, Mr. <laughs> Chairman. Mr. I'd like to call upon a Mr. parliamentary rule. <laughs> Point of order, Mr. Speaker. He's about to say something queer. <laughs> <laughs> that dude he should have just stood up why are all spoken bigots? tongues yeah exactly point of order <laughs> mr speaker i would like to say <laughs> i like it i like it yeah it's i a, mean it, how do, you ar- how do you argue against you that? You can't argue against it. Uh, he said, uh, mis- for his part, part, Mr. Sims said that, he said, I think that my actions in no way have been against the law of any god, and mm. I would ask that the maker of the comments be reprimanded for doing so. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's calling for some, some parliamentary action of his own. That's not all the action. <laughs> no. For. No. I, th- mm. I think he's bringing a little bachical wow to the... To the par, mm-hmm. oh baby, we're gonna do some <laughs> parliament today. Some procedure. <laughs> I've got a point of order for you. Ooh, <laughs> wow. Anyway, there's still. Uh, it's good to know that God's alive and well in the uh, in the hearts and minds of our of of politicians in America. Oh, oh yeah. No, I. You know, every once in a while, you get a little worried. Yeah, you know, but uh, thank goodness for something like um, the Supreme Court <laughs> to get them all worked up again. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah that's oh yeah, nice. it's 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 good, it's good. <laughs> that meddling Supreme Court, <laughs> doing their job, overreaching by by doing what they're the con- Supreme Court. constitutionally <laughs> mandated to do. How dare they? How dare they? Ugh. Just awful. Argo bargo. <laughs> I have to. I don't know if you guys all heard uh, Scalia's big dissent and how he talked. But he basically uh, said, "I'm a bigot. I'm a bigot. I hate fags. I hate fags." Argo bargo. Yeah, I, th- I think it's basically what he, he said. said argo bargo. He did actually yeah. say the words argo bargo. He said that the that the majority's ruling was legalistic argo bargo and. From that moment forward, all I can do, all I can, the only way I can think about 
Justice Antonin Scalia is as this little chubby Italian hamburglar going around <laughs> saying, Bargle, 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 bargle. No. Bargle, <laughs> bargle. Don't and take this is not the first don't time take he's my said hamburger. Don't take my hamburger, Scalia. Bargle, 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 bargle. He likes the word argle, bargle because this is not. Argle, bargle. Yeah. I, I try to get jelly when I say argle, bargle. I can't do it. <laughs> he likes this word, or like at least stuff like it. You, I feel like I've heard. I feel like I've heard him say something that like, was argle bargle ish. It, it feels like he's trying to sound like he's from a different century. Mm. Like he's try, like he's trying to be, you know. Oh, he Supreme, is kind of from a different century. Supreme Court Justice in 1923. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is nothing but a bunch of hobbledehoy. He, he, he was a Coolidge appointee, wasn't he? <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think it was Coolidge. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> Teddy Roosevelt was like, "There's a that's a bully idea. We'll get it. We'll clear out the argle bargle." Say. Well, no, he's. Uh, we actually looked it up. He's like seventy-seven. I. Yeah. He seems a lot younger. Than he that, looks good actually. for his age, yeah. but but we did have. I I do think this. Here's what I think. You know, I've always. I think we need to get him out somehow. But there's no way to get a Supreme Court justice out. Right. But he does kind of look primed for a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna. I'm going to start a campaign called the Sneak Up on Scalia campaign. <laughs> I don't want anyone to do him any harm. No, 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 no. But it would be okay just, if you just got behind him surreptitiously and went, boo! <laughs> just startle him. Just that. startle him. Startle not, not even Scalia. kill him. Just no, good no, heart just attack. A good startle. Just get him out of there. <laughs> Let's just see if we can clog up those arteries with a quick startle. Oh, they're clogged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just get, see get if those we, clogged arteries to, to to actually freeze up to do to, something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> to do some good in the world. Get, get That's your, terrible, Dan. Did get we, your buddy on the other side. Advocate, what did we just advocate, Dan? We need to make sure we didn't we, advocate anything. No, no. We just advocated the the saying of the word "boo" loudly. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I think we're I think I think we're on the windy side of the law there. You think? No, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think it is highly questionable. I think okay. I think I will be clear then and say I'm not actually calling for this. No. But I but but if you do it, it'll make me giggle. <laughs> it will make me go argle. Scare bargle. him? Yeah, if you startle him. Even if he doesn't have a heart attack. I hope he doesn't I, here, have a heart here, attack. Here's the I fact just hope you startle him. Here's the fact of the matter. That man ain't killing over anytime soon. <sighs> He's one of those angry old people. It's just going to last forever. You know why? You know what I mean? Like flowing through his veins, mm -hmm. pure argle bargle. Well, hate. <laughs> what do you think argle bargle is? Is that hate? I didn't it, know what argle bargle meant. I don't. Nobody knows what argle bargle means. Is it a thing, or did he make it up? I, I, who cares? It was a thing. No. Is it something from Archie? <laughs> Wasn't it a character in Archie? I'm pretty sure Chaucer made up the word Argle Bargle. <laughs> his, his, his childhood friend, Jeffrey Chaucer. Uh, Argle Bargle. <laughs> okay, we have to move on. <laughs> Please, we're, not, we're, not, we're moving at a glacial speed on this episode. All right, um, we're just getting mired down in Argyle Bargle is what's happening. Amazing. Um, so apparently, according to a recent study, some uh, researchers have determined that um, Christians 
are happier than atheists on Twitter. <laughs> Christians tweet from the heart. Atheists oh. from the head. Oh. And that, of course. And, and that makes them happier? Well, yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing. They identified words that um, are that Christians are, that, well, they found, actually, that Christians are much more likely to use words like love, happy, and great, or family, friend, and team. Okay. So, that, so that's what they're saying Christians tweet about a lot. Whereas atheists, they found, use words like bad, wrong, awful, think, reason, uh, oh, yeah. question. Well, boy, those are un- <laughs> reason very think. unhappy. Those are very unhappy words. Very, very, very unhappy words. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? It's funny because my initial impulse was to say, was to kind of go, yeah, because I get, I see a lot of atheists tweeting a lot of angry messages. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christians are a majority Atheists are a minority. Mm-hmm. Being a minority, who is a, who is uh, 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 demonstrably oppressed, sure, makes you mad. You want to tweet some mad shit. Yeah. However, it's not like we're not seeing Christians tweeting all their argo bargle about <laughs> about you know war on Christmas and all yeah. of that sort of shit. I think they're ignoring all of that stuff. No, because they they were just looking for for the they were just seeing what words they tend to use, Argo and they did, and they didn't like go in and say, That's "Okay, nonsense. who's using the words bad <laughs> and who's using the words love?" They didn't go that way. They just found that atheists and the, okay, and also, well, how do you even figure out if somebody's a Christian or an right. atheist on Twitter? Exactly. So what they did is they looked at they 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 looked at the followers. Of specific people. So okay. they have five, uh, in the case of Christians, they, they found five uh, Twitter, Twitter handles uh, to follow. Okay. The one for uh, Pope Benedict. Oh. Joel Osteen. Okay. Rick Warren. <laughs> conservative political commentator Dinesh DeSouza. Uh-huh. And uh, Joyce Meyer. I, I, think we, I think I've spotted a possible problem with their methodology. And then, for, the, for atheists... They went with Dave Silverman. No, they went with Richard Dawkins, okay. Sam Harris, Christopher Hitchens, Monica Salkido. Did you just Salkido? betray the fact that we're not plugged in with the atheist community And Michael again? Shermer. <laughs> I don't know how to say Monica Salkido. I think, it's a, I think her name is Triple Salkow. Salcedo? I don't know. Salcedo? Salcedo? I don't know either. Monica. How do you pronounce your last name? We're bad. (laughs) We're bad. We need to start going to some conferences. Eh. Uh, The last, (laughs) the the last two, those two last names, they are, um, one of them is a fiercely outspoken atheist blogger, and the other one is a science writer for the uh, who founded the Skeptics Society. Mm. So if those names don't ring a bell to you, for you either. <laughs> I just love, I, what I love about this is that they find, what, four or five representatives from each mm-hmm. camp and then decide which group, which entire group is happier Yeah, based on tweets. Yeah. I think, now wait. They're not saying I think it's the fair. group is happier in general. They're saying they're hap- they tweet more happily. Uh, Christians do. Uh-huh. 
That's I, what they're saying. That's all they're. They're. I mean, the, the other thing is right. That, it does suggest something outside of that. They, but they are saying they can't is, look at the leaders. Of course, guys like Osteen are going to tweet about love and blah blah blah. They're not looking at the leaders. They're looking at the followers of those leaders. Oh, okay. I'm pff, sorry know. if I missed that detail. Okay, I, mi- I misunderstood that of those leaders. Frankly, I don't care. <laughs> this is all dumb. <laughs> moving on then moving on dan uh, doesn't like it everyone i just <laughs> doesn't mean anything to me i don't care what the i mean yes it's it's silly. just it's, it's just silly it's, it's just silly, it's dan. just silliness that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying okay. we're saying the same thing okay it's silliness okay. speaking of silliness how do you shoot a muslim right oh i know the answer to this Pork bullets. That wasn't what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking just aim and pull the trigger. No, nope. but <laughs> pork bullets. That came out really wrong. <laughs> it was basically how to hit any Frank, target. I think we need. It wasn't specifically muscle. Yeah, I was just thinking, how do you fire a gun? I think we need another clarification. <laughs> we are neither advocating the killing of Supreme Court justices nor the killing of Muslims. We, there were not bullets suggested in part of like I'm much more worried about threatening the Supreme Court justice than I am Muslims in this well, country. Yeah. To it's... be honest, and not no offense against the Muslims, <laughs> but let's face it, our government will freak out about the one and not the other. I think it's I think it might be ele- it might be legal to kill Muslims in some parts of the in country. In Tennessee, I'm pretty sure fairly positive. Murphy's they're working past that. They're working. That rule, they're right? trying to push it through. Yeah. Anyway, I uh, don't know if it's like binding. Yeah. 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 Anyway, a listener, uh, I believe it was Chad that sent this one in to us, uh, pointed out that uh, in uh, in Idaho, there's an Idaho ammunition company uh, that's, that claims that it's ammunition called, you ready? Okay. G-Hog uh, ammo. Oh, oh, okay. Hog spelled H-A-W-G. Of course it is. But that's, I'm trying, trying to, G-Hod, but it's hog, because... Mm-hmm. They're painting the tips of these bullets with a paint that's laced with pork. That sounds about right. So that mm-hmm. the Muslims, when they die, will have to go straight to Muslim hell and don't get to get into Muslim heaven because their last act is ingesting pork. Yeah, except you don't believe that as the fire that's, of that bullet. I think you may have hit on something here. <laughs> Are you not in some way granting assent to their uh-huh. theology yeah, yeah. by creating these bullets? Because you'd have to first tell them, hey, I'm shooting you with a bullet. Like, right. like hey, for you to get anything PS, from your point of view. There's pig on this bullet. Satisfaction in this. Right. It would be in them knowing so that they were at least in some sort of turmoil when they died. Right. Right, and these are these are. But those, otherwise, it's pointless. These and these aren't like little. These are novelty bullets. Little twenty-two caliber shells, either. These are these are big daddy shells. What these are, are they? Uh, I don't I don't know. The picture makes them look like they're like, I mean, they're, they're the ones that are like like two inches long, and it's not just like a macro lens. Uh uh-uh. uh no no. Look at those bad boys. Those no, are big. those are big. Yeah. Those are those are those are, like, those are rifle shells. Those yeah. are big old things. I just, you know, I, I think, I think it's the, a novelty the, item. Yeah, that's all it is. It's of to get course, this company it is. some publicity. Of course, it is with people who like. Well, their, yeah, yeah, I don't think you're going to go wrong. Guns marketing like Muslims, marketing gun stuff to guys who hate Muslims. I think you're going to. I think, I think they've hit their target market right there. <sighs> well, I would say that the purpo- the the the. 
the portion of their market that would be fine with that is probably fairly large. Right. The company's website bills the bullets as peace through pork and a peaceful and natural deterrent to radical Islam. Peaceful? I, yes, that's what they're claiming. Put, put put some ham in Mohammed is one of their taglines. This isn't for real. Give him a spanking with some bacon. This is also not for real. This is I'm just reading. All I'm doing is reading an, uh, a Huffington Post article. Mm. <laughs> I question this. Everything about it is so stupid. All this is, it's just, surely they are not real. If we had our setup, like, ready to go, I would want to call an ammunition store right now. And just be like, hey, you carry this stuff? Yeah. No, no, we won't bother. Yeah. It's not worth it. But it is kind of amazing. Uh, Plus, the other thing is, so they, they think somehow that, Allah is going to not let somebody into heaven because they were forced by someone else to kind of, to allow pork into their body. Like, yeah, they don't understand Islam at all. First of all, guys, or, or the, guys, the wall. Like, don't make bullets that are laced with ha- pork. I mean, make a knife. Then, the, then, then you can tell them what's happening as you're doing it. it they'll, they'll feel the pork in them. Yeah. It won't just kill them instantly. Yeah. You don't want to kill them instantly. What you want to do is just fix them a meal and lace <laughs> it with pork. Yeah, well, make them eat it. Sure, yeah. sure. And arsenic. Yeah. And frankly, any bullet will do to make a make a Muslim eat pork. You can do, I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying you, you shoot them. I'm saying you threaten them. Don't don't make the... I, I, I have a feeling... Frank's making the argle bargle face. <laughs> We've had three stories so far. <laughs> And we've had three, <laughs> like, finding the line and just dancing right across it. Just dancing, yeah. Well, we'll deal with that in an email later. Yeah. We'll, we'll deal with this problem later. Yeah. Anyway, moving along, why don't, we, uh, why don't we get rid of this one? Okay. And go on to another um, thing. All right. I have, um, this one's nice. This, one, this involves an apology. Oh, good. Um, so, Babson College... Um, which is about 10 miles away from Brandeis University. Oh. Um, has apologized. Remind me where Brandeis is. Um, we're talking about uh, the Boston area. Okay. And, um, and anyways, um, so the, what they're apologizing for is during a, um, a soccer match, um, Babson, um, I guess, Babson students and soccer team um, actually um, held up anti-Semitic banners. Oh my God. Okay. Um, 35 years ago. Okay. And Babson is just now apologizing. apologizing. <laughs> uh-huh. So first of all, <clears throat> I, I, there are two big, like, shame on you is Babson. <laughs> One for the thing that happened 35 years ago. Right. And then the thing that took them 35 years to do. Right. Yeah, that's... that's they that's never apologized? What did the banners say? Um, they had such comments as, Happy Holocaust. 
what oh yeah no these were anti-semitic these weren't just like first of all these weren't just like go home jews we say merry christmas in these parts not (laughs) merry holocaust yeah exactly thank you they say happy holocaust in the uk (laughs) (laughs) God, (laughs) that's amazing yeah and is it just, I mean, Brandeis is, I mean, it's named for a Jew, I think. Was it's it, a, it's is a it... largely, um, or historically, uh, that, that's the thing that I actually don't know about Brandeis. If it's sort of just like largely a, a Jewish population that, that goes there, or if it's historically, it was largely, and now, I, again, I, I don't so know what weird. It, how it divides up now, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a place that has always traditionally had a, a very large Jewish population. It was founded as a non-sectarian Jewish-sponsored co-educational institution. Well, there you go. Okay. That answers That's that so question. weird. Oh, by the way, uh, their mascot is Ollie the Owl. Oh, cute. Named for Justice J- Ol- Oliver Wendell Holmes. Well, there you go. A little bit of Brandeis uh, <laughs> stuff for you. Founders uh, include uh, Israel Goldstein, George mm. uh, Alpert, mm. uh C. Ruggles Smith. Ruggles? C. Ruggles Smith. Uh, the reason I'm doing this is because I'm getting to this name, which is Albert Einstein. Uh, and Albert. And, and Abram Shahar. Shar. Sachar. Sachar. I'm not reading very well. Mm. I just like that Ruggles was involved. Ruggles. But also Einstein yeah. is a big name. So clearly a place that you would want to insult. Yeah, obviously. And then uh, wait 35 years to or, apologize. Or, I mean, or I guess place... you have to say, good for them, they finally apologized. I guess a, an apology, you should never say, oh, you took too long to apologize. But you kind of took too long to apologize. Oh, totally, totally. No, we need to say Thank that. Thank you for because... the apology, but you took too long. We, we need to say you took too long because uh, we can't allow institutions to wait that long no. to apologize. I, you know, it's amazing. First of all... Happy Holocaust is that's an amazing thing to write on a banner. How anybody could allow that uh, ever? I don't. I mean, even if it was, I mean, the seventies were a wacky, wild time. But come the <laughs> fuck on, that's insanity. Yeah, I'm, I'd, and you're saying I'm, I'm, yeah, yeah. Well done, yeah. well done. So good for you, you guys. Babson, <laughs> I'm saying Babson. I'm assuming it's Babson. Babson. Ba- yeah, it has to be Babson. <laughs> I can't think of any other way to say it. But we'll get an email that says it's Bobson. It's pronounced boobies. I don't know. <laughs> Considering how uh, how some of our pronunciation corrections have gone, who knows? Yeah. Could be anything. Um, I, uh, I, I come bearing good news about, uh, about the world. Oh. The Christians have finally brought us... Some something that's useful, something that is uh, is going to create joy in the world. Oh, they! It's a pamphlet. Oh. I have it downloaded right here. It's a oh, whole. It's okay. it's fifty four pages of of PDF joy. Hmm. Uh, begin beginning with a page where the. By the way, I have to describe their logo logo to you. It's imagine a tree. A sort of a, car, a cartoon, a sort of logo type tree, okay, uh, with that's brown with branches, and a pink heart <gasps> for the leaves. Oh, lovely! Made of littler hearts, oh. like, the, like the larger shape is a heart, 
But oh. the leaves, the individual leaves are all hearts. Well, that sounds fantastic. It's about, love. It's about trees love. and love. That's what we're growing here, is yeah. love. Yeah. And the way that we're doing it mm-hmm. is through spanking your wife. Well, yeah, a lot of people do enjoy that. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So No, that's not what they're talking about. They're what, talking what about they domestic talking about? discipline. We're going to discipline our wives. This is the, the pamphlet is called Beginning Domestic Discipline, brought to you by Learning Domestic Discipline, which you can, by the way, feel free, everybody, to go to www.learninggdd. No, Learning DD. Sorry, the G was <laughs> from the, the learning. The G is part of the learning. <laughs> LearningDD.com. I was like, what does the G stand for? <laughs> it stands for the last letter of learning. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm going to read. Well, okay. I, I think so I want to read the first, sen- let, the first let, bit let's, of this. Let's make sure that we all fully understand. They're claiming. Because this is a little. <laughs> okay. Perhaps. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna guide us in 1950s esque, or you know, AD two. Yeah. It could be it could be BC BCE. You know, yeah, 55. Yeah, or it could be right now. It could be that this just barely came out. Uh, the 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 packets writers describe the movement as follows. Okay, domestic discipline is the practice between two consenting life partners in which the head of household. Mm-hmm or HOH, takes on... Ta- <laughs> Did takes, they watch Big Brother? Right. Takes the necessary <laughs> measures to achieve a healthy relationship dynamic, the necessary measure to create a healthy home environment, and the necessary measures to prevent, protect all members of the family from dangerous or detrimental outcomes by punishing the contributing and thus unwanted behaviors for the greater good of the family. Wow. So wait a second, though. I mean, like, this woman is consenting to being spanked. Yeah, otherwise it's abuse. She has to consent. But she, but as a good Christian woman, she knows that her man is superior to her in reason and in, uh, and in interpretation of Bible. I'm, I'm wondering, <laughs> do, they, do they document her consent? Because they clearly this goes on for a minute. Gets a little out of control. Or she just changes her mind. Right. And she's got the bruises to show for it. Yeah. And he gets in a heap of hurt. Let's let's back it up. Let's back it up. You're, you're getting way ahead of yourself here. This is for the good of the whole family. And I'm going to read the first paragraph well, yeah, to you. Children love watching their mother get spanked. Welcome to, lear- to the Learning Domestic Discipline Beginner's Packet. You're probably feeling anxious, overwhelmed, and even a little bit scared. But... Even with those uneasy feelings dancing in your heart, you're also probably feeling a lot of excitement and anticipation. (laughs) Domestic discipline has the potential to positively impact your relationship, and domestic discipline has the potential to... Oh, wait. Oh, I jumped a thing. Uh, To positively impact your your home. uh, Okay, damn it. When you're reading up, Dan, here's the problem. When your computer's this far away and your microphone's kind of in the way of it, it's hard to read. Sure. Uh, domestic discipline also has the potential to bring an elevated level of joy and happiness into your life, and we're sure you cannot wait to get started. Are you sure this isn't some kind of BDSM <laughs> something or other? They claim it's not, and that that's satanic. 
That's an awful thing to do. So they never get turned on by this and then have sex afterward? Well, it depends on your definition of turned on. I mean, if you're feeling, you know, if you have feelings dancing in your heart about it, one that could claim... like being a little turned on. Yeah. As long as they're not dancing in your pee-pee, then you're okay. Just keep it dancing Just in the right place. Keep, keep the dancing and all if you're, in the And heart. if you're Baptist, don't let it dance at all. Don't. No No dance. dancing. <laughs> If these words are, if this, Not, if it's jumping around in your heart, I think Baptists can jump. I think they're allowed to jump. I love it. Our names are Clint and Chelsea, and we founded Learning Domestic Discipline in 2011 after practicing domestic discipline for many years in our own marriage. Wow. Okay, so <laughs> let's let's just let's again back up a little bit because now I'm starting to think about like. She's consenting to this. So, like, what is he like spanking with his hand? Is he apparently punching I, her in the face? No, I like, haven't read the whole thing. I have to admit, on. but there are discussions apparently of what implements are the best to use. Oh, for instance, you know, a hairbrush is excellent for achieving that desired sting, but can break easily. Whereas, how a, hard are you swinging? Whereas a ping pong paddle is. Quite is is quiet and sturdy, but may not sting as much as is required to get the message across. Well, what you do with a ping pong battle is or paddle is that you drill some holes, so you reduce the resistance. Yeah, they're still too weak. I like a cricket bat. Cricket bat would work. Sure. <laughs> yeah, why not? Absolutely. Or you yeah. know what? I mean, you know, I like just to feel the report in my hand. So a nice, a good, solid smack with the hand. If you're strong, mm-hmm. that should be plenty. If you've got good technique, you want to follow through. You don't want to. You don't want your hand stinging though. Afterwards, I just like the feeling. And you want to be I able like, to swing hard. I like enough. to feel that ass just responding. Yeah, I don't. That's I like that. You're tautness. about to cross a line, Dan. <laughs> I like that. You're going to get turned on. You're going to have things dancing. Oh shoot! In your heart. Shoot! Dancing in my heart. In my heart. Only in the heart. In the heart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We'll get back to implements. Yeah. I, th- I think a nice switch. From a yeah. willow tree, yeah, would be good. Use yeah. the rule of thumb, gentlemen. Uh-huh. Nothing bigger than your thumb. You know, you could just go get an old school paddle. I mean, I've seen dazed and confused, so I think that that's sort of the. <laughs> I mean, that kid, he could he could barely walk. That's true. And you also want to make sure that you're not the only one there. You need, first of all, you need witnesses. But if you have other participants, you don't need witnesses. This is for your home. This is for the sanctity of your home. I think you need to maybe make your children sure maybe your children need to witness that people it. can say that you did not cross the line and that she consented. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. What you want is only her and you, you don't you you want her your, her word against yours. What you need is before any of this happens, you need to have one conversation with a whole bunch of people in which she says she's she's okay with it. And all those people call the cops. <laughs> not if she's something's okay. wrong. Not if she's a grown woman domestic abuse it's it's retardation it's she's submitting to domestic abuse it is utter stupidity and what is she getting out of this beyond getting spanked she is learning how to be a good wife how to be how to be a submissive uh 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 she's not learning jack shit she's learning how to how to oppress her damn self she's learning that she's not worth anything and isn't that the most valuable lesson of all? Frank's baffled. This is I'm incensed. 
This is this is just so much argo bargle. <laughs> no, it it's. A, I don't even think it's argo bargle, Dan. I think no. it's wrong to use that word. <laughs> I think you're right. I think this is beyond argo bargle. This is horror. Or it's. Oh fuck it, ladies! If you're stupid enough to submit to a man who thinks he's so so much smarter than you that he needs to discipline you in the home, then you get what you deserve. Mm-hmm. Fucking goddamn it! Down. What? Kick him to the curb. This is the idea. We all know that we need to kick it, kick kick these men to the curb. Yeah. I, let's let's find these guys and spank them. They need to be spanked. Like, yeah, who spanks them? Nobody. What makes them so great? They are endowed by Jesus with uh with extra brain. I doubt these men aren't endowed with much. <laughs> no, no, guys who need to hit women probably not endowed, yeah. not well endowed at all. Mm. All right. Well, Facebook.com slash TGI Atheist is a great way to join the conversation. Indeed it is. Like us there and follow what's going on during the week. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can also write to us, as so many have done uh, over the past few weeks. And we've given you material. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you can you can write to us on on anything that we you've heard today. All of the argle-bargle that we've been blathering uh, at podcast podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com that is with one p voicemail number is 424-666-8442 yeah, we, haven't, us a voicemail. we haven't heard a voicemail for a little yeah, bit it's been a while you is heard... it broken <laughs> i hope not if you try to leave a voicemail uh and it's broken and, and it's broken then write us an email <laughs> and tell us about or that. we could just check right uh also uh if you want to uh if if you want to support us um, mm. The best way to do that is to go to thankgodimatheist.com and uh, click on the pay your tithing mm. link so that you can uh, so you can help keep this yeah. uh, crazy thing alive. And keep telling your friends about it. Yes, indeed, we uh, we we certainly appreciate that. A nice review on Facebook or not not on Facebook on iTunes mm-hmm. has never hurt. No, and those are helpful. Yeah, so uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and by quick, I mean really quick. Um, with uh, Pat Robertson, we're back to Pat. Yeah, yeah, because he he always seems to get right to the heart of every matter. Yeah, and this is uh, part of his response to uh, the, the 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 Supreme Court's decision about DOMA. Right. Well, Jay Luck, uh, second for the American Center for Law and Justice, is with us now. Jay, let me ask you about Anthony Kennedy. Does he have some clerks who happen to be gays? Oh, I have no idea. I, I think what uh, Justice Kennedy... Oh, Pat. Patty boy. Yeah, he, he does seem to... He has that incisive mind that, that mm. cuts through the clutter. He always seems to find, like, yeah, the right thing to say. The the perfect way to get at the ad hominem mm. attack. Mm. <laughs> the, yes. The, uh, sort of a master of it, isn't he? Yeah. The, the, no, and later he, uh, he also asked questions about, like... Uh, now, didn't that uh, Ju- Justice Walker in California, who originally struck down Prop 8, didn't didn't he have a? Wasn't he a gay, or was he involved in a gay, or just, he had a wife, and the, the friends are gay, and he just was like anything. He had a gay pool boy. It's <laughs> exactly. Now, didn't he meet a gay guy and have a <laughs> gay experience? Now, it's so clear. He, he was in the Navy, wasn't he? His idea, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like his whole, his whole reasoning, his whole, lo- all, all of his logic is based on association. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, boy. Well, we have some emails. <laughs> I'm going to get to some emails real quick. Oh, is it the heat, Dan? It must be the heat. <laughs> we're both, we've, we've both been quite busy as well. Yeah. I think we're just blowing off some steam. I have a feeling, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> I hope you're all feeling just as nutty as we are. Okay. <sighs> so we had two people, uh, Bobby and Amanda, who both wrote to us, interestingly, about similar topics. Oh, okay. About family life in Mormonism. Oh, okay. I think we can answer that. I think so. Uh, Amanda writes, uh, 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 let's see, where, where should I start? Um, when, uh, when this, uh, when, so she's talking about a family that just moved into her, uh, her uh, neighborhood, she said, or that had moved into her neighborhood when she was a kid. She said, when this family first moved in across the street, I was about 13 and my sister was eight or so. My sister and their oldest daughter made fast friends. My sister invited her to sleep over, but her parents refused. Mm. I later found out from my sister that upon asking the other girl's parents about the sleepover, her mother started questioning our family's religious background. Mm. We, we are not religious, and my parents stopped going to church years ago. I found out then, I, or I found out, though, that her mother wouldn't let her sleep over because of me. Both of my parents were baptized when they were young, so her mother was okay with letting her be around them. She was familiar with my sister, so she was okay with her with her daughter being around her. But through questioning my sister, her mother found out that I had never been baptized and said I must be possessed by a demon. And she was not about to let her daughter be in the same house as me, mm. even up until they moved a few months ago. Uh, it was only my if it was only my sister and myself at home, her daughter was not allowed to come into the house. Weird. She said she never took it personally because. Even at 12 or 13, she had enough skepticism to write her off as crazy. Right. But she was wondering if this is something that would be common, a common reaction for a Mormon, or I if this is particular uh, to this lady. I think if this woman was had moved to this area from South Jordan or Provo, maybe. Well, here's the thing. I, the, the possessed by demon thing is that's a little weird. That, that doesn't the, sound that doesn't sound like thing. the Mormon verbiage yeah. that you're used. But we're the whole used like to. overprotective, like not letting your friend or your kids play with non-Mormons that happens a lot like here. Non-religious folk that I could to- that makes a lot of sense to me. Here in Utah, kind of rings true. Here in Utah, there's plenty of Mormon parents. Now, my parents weren't like this. Most of the kids right. I grew up with, but you were Salt Lake Mormons, right? Exactly, and so, so you get a little outside of Salt Lake. And I've heard plenty of stories yeah. about kids who weren't allowed to play with non-Mormon kids. Right. So there is that element is there. Uh, the the possessed by demon thing is a little weird. That is strange. That's that not, was definitely her own brand of crazy Mormon. Yeah, that's not something that most Mormons get go to. Yeah. Um, I'll move on to Bobby. Bobby uh, says, "Hey guys, I love the podcast. I listen to you while I'm at school here at BYU in Provo." Oh my! Well, hi BYU. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I finished up my graduate engineering my graduate in engineering this winter. For the past year, be careful by the way. Mm. They've been known to pull people's uh 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 d- diplomas mm. BYU po- like later in life. The guy who did the uh the the Mormon the return missionary uh, oh, calendar, the the topless, the 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 men of the of Mormonism, <laughs> not topless, the, yeah, the shirtless. shirtless men being hunks, yeah, the return the hunk return missionaries. Yeah, they found some uh, some hotties for that thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, but uh, those BYU boys, they they put were, all their sexual energy into into the gym, into the gym. That's yeah, right. That's really 
Um, and most of those Quite guys astounding, are, are not Mormon anymore. They're just they're yeah, they're, but still. they're gay, and they just yeah. yeah. No, Any, no, a lot of them were a lot of them were straight. Yeah. Some of them were gay. Yeah. Uh, but this guy, but the guy who created the calendar, they pull, BYU pulled his uh, his diploma. They they, they yeah. so so you, Bobby, be careful about that. Um, he says for the past year he's don't make a gay calendar. Yeah, don't make any gay calendars. That's all. That's the main thing. That's our advice. That's our that that is our sage wisdom for the day. I think we've exhausted it now. Um, he says uh, he's been deconstructing his Mormonism, which has been quite a painful experience. Believe me, I know. Uh, or he says, as I'm sure you understand. Uh, listening to the podcast has been great. It's a great. It's great to hear people talk about the crazy in Mormonism. Mm. He came from an Orthodox Mormon background, and mm. he says, when my brother-in-law introduced your podcast to me, he said, I know the title seems scary, but these guys are great. Mm. Having listened to nearly all the episodes, I, la- I laugh to think of you guys as scary. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're pretty spooky. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought you may want to talk about, if you haven't already, is the pressure that is put on, LD- on an LDS family to have kids and lots of them. Wow. My wife told me that she heard on the radio a radio ad this morning for the website Mm smallfamilies.us that encourages planned parenting and specifically that your family's number is up to you both and no one else. Mm. I was Uh amazed at this statement because it flies in the face of what I have have learned from the Mormon church. When my wife and I were sealed, which is is Mormon speak for married in in the Salt Lake Temple, the dude performing the sealing told us that there are three members in our marriage. Ew. Me, my spouse, and the Lord. Ew, double ew. And the and any decision made in the marriage should consult all members, of uh, or something to that effect. Ew. And from my understanding, this is not an uncommon thing to be taught. Yeah, that's grody. My dad has always wanted the, uh, all of his kids to have a lot of kids, as good LDS people do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would quote Bible scripture to me about having many arrows in your quiver or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, he uh, he thought it was interesting and uh, wanted us to chat a little bit about Mormons and family. Yeah, because they kind of put the Catholics to shame sometimes, uh, or yeah, at very or, or at very least a run for their money. Yeah, they are like, it's not like Mormons are against contraception. No, officially, no. But they are very very pro baby. Oh yeah, they are officially. They will go on the record as, uh, and that full quiver thing. That'll happen. You'll hear that phrase. Yeah, it's so gross. It's so gross. It's so gross. <sighs> and nobody ever says you have to have a lot of kids. They'll just they'll uh, just it's judge so, it's you. Just part of the you, culture. You just understand on a visceral level and, you know, that you're like, supposed to have a well, shit ton of kids. And there are a lot of conversations about you know like there'll be young mothers who are like who might already have like four kids. I just. I just feel like there's another spirit in heaven that's supposed to be in our family. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, crazy. Yeah. That's. Well, my sister-in-law had three kids, was completely overwhelmed at one, had two more. They're all boys. They were nutso. Oh, no. And she felt that there was another spirit in heaven for her. Yeah. Her husband felt very much that there were no more spirits waiting for him in heaven. (laughs) But guess who won? Oh, no. They just barely gave birth to their fourth. Oh. And it's a girl, which means that she's finally done. Because the truth of the matter, the real reason that she wanted another kid wasn't because there was another spirit, but because she desperately, desperately, desperately wanted a girl. Oh, God. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And like, you know, Utah one, has one of our good friends is from a family of nine. Yeah, that's nine true. children. Yeah. Not a family of nine. A family of eleven. With, yeah, with nine kids. Nine kids. And they didn't have enough money for four of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's something. There's definitely a lot of cultural and social pressures to have lots of kids and people. Ugh, it's gross. It's, it's super duper gross. And but Utah has like one of the most astounding um, birth rates. Yeah. In the country. Oh yeah. Probably the world. Actually, it's pretty <laughs> nutty. It's just it's it's like a race against time. And I think part of it comes from a cultural a culture mm-hmm. at the in the early church. This goes back to to polygamy, mm-hmm. where it's just like we're not converting as many people as we'd like. Mm-hmm. Let's just make as many Mormons as we can possibly make. Yeah, let us just pump out the Mormons yeah. so that we can uh, so we can have some population. Yeah, I mean the the population of the state is set to double in like was it 30 years i uh, god help us yeah. i don't even want to hear i don't even know where it. we're going to put these people we're already running out of payson developable land we're going to put them I was all just in, down payson. in payson there's they're, they're there's, developing like mad down there yeah that's what i'm saying we're putting them all down there yeah well that's where we're currently putting them where are we going to put uh, you know santa two and a half more million people hurricane we'll put them all down on hurricane <laughs> What other weird name can you <laughs> conjure? All right. Um, uh, yeah, and, and th- that's true. Mormons have big families. Yeah. Did you so. want to? Uh, did you want to? And 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 what's funny is that a lot of Mormons, like, there's nothing in Mormon theology that says that it's a it's a spiritual slash like like moral imperative to have lots of kids. Mm. But mo- a lot of Mormons believe that it is. Yeah. And would it's, be surprised. it's cultural rather than actual theological rather than dogmatic. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of Mormons would be surprised to learn that fact. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to take our third and final email that we're going to be uh, discussing. discussing today. And this is uh, one that is um, it's, uh, critical of mm. something that uh, happened or something, some stuff that we said on a recent episode. So I'm just going to read it real quick. Yeah. Um, she starts off and she says, uh, I love your podcast. Until today, when I listened to a recent episode where you laughed and told jokes about which babies to abort in the womb slash fetal masturbation slash fetal pain. As you discussed in that episode just a minute before, one can be moral and not religious. Laughing at abortion? The death of the innocent? Really? Just as funny as gas chamber jokes. Gas chamber deaths of babies. My morality forces me to break to take a break from this. You use a universal... Unitarian, Unitarian Universalists uh, say one should make a heaven on this earth now, not wait until heaven or death. Uh, my heaven does not include condoning the death of babies or joking about it. A non-religious pro-human person, Christine. Well, thank you, Christine, for thank writing. Thank you for writing. Uh, I got to admit, I'm a little baffled by this one. Uh, we, The number of lines that you and I cross regularly... <laughs> I would think it would be an indicator to someone that we're not going to take what you hold sacred to yeah. be what we hold sacred. Yeah. And, I mean, I, the, the one that I flashed to immediately was, you know, we have made, at times, a joke or two surrounding the issue of rape. Sure. And we've, uh, which is obviously a very, you know, sensitive issue, right? You think? And, um, way, and, and, way and more we, sensitive, we have to acknowledge. Say. We have to acknowledge that there is a portion, a much larger portion of our of our 
of our audience than one would would want um and that is actually shocking of of women who are who are raped it's yeah. a huge what is it like one in three women are raped in this country I don't, and so we're I mean, we're making a joke about I think it's a one topic in five isn't one it? in five whatever Something it is like it's that. a number that's that's way too high right and and so like i mean we've made jokes about topics that are like we know that we're touching upon very sensitive issues that might personally be touching people. And sometimes we cross a line. And we, and we, we probably line. shouldn't. Well, no, here, here's the deal. Here's the thing about um, humor, comedy, yeah. and all of that, is that these lines... They're you, a bit nebula- nebulous. You, you have to be willing to just run headlong... Towards and, them. And, yeah, toward yeah. them. And sometimes you're going to cross it and just run right over them. <laughs> It's and, like and, bowling. And, and he, you, you yeah. can commit a foul <laughs> if you're not careful. But, I mean, the thing is, like, the, this, I want to kind of part the curtain just slightly for a lot of our listeners. Because right now we do have a lot of new listeners. We do. Our, our numbers are, are, have, have exploded recently. And so there's a lot of new people to the podcast. And so I kind of want to just part the curtain just for a second. Dan and I do not script this. No. We barely outline it <laughs> we, we outline it we know what stories we're gonna do i don't know what stories dan's dan's doing he doesn't know what stories i'm doing we like to surprise each other we'd like to have it be spontaneous and and seriously like i don't sit around writing out jokes no and neither do you no and and that's this is all extremely off the cuff and so we're there so like i mean even when we're having discussions about like in our in the, in the second half of the show we're talking about some issue that we're delving into and it seems like our thoughts are evolving as we're going yeah right which we've heard some people kind of criticize us about as well <laughs> um the, there's a reason for that it's that because we're just having a conversation this is not polished media this is supposed to be a conversation exactly it's designed as a conversation yeah the whole idea is that it's a conversation right but you know relating back to uh to this email to christine's email i gotta say like i i'm not with you christine mm. here's where I, here's where you've lost me you're assuming that your morality is morality mm. you're assuming that because you think that abortion equals a baby dying mm. that we all have to accept that abortion equals a baby dying right well that's not what we all accept right i would say i would venture to say that most of our listeners don't see it that way yeah so, yes, we offended your sensibility, and that's fair. Right. But, A, get over it, because this is a humor show. Right. There's going to be stuff that we say that you don't agree with. And, B, what, what really offends me about this email, I mean, if, if, someone, if we offend someone, okay. You're, so, that's you're fair. Saying, you're saying, though, that you're offended by this? I'm, offend, I'm offended by the, the presumption that her morality equates to other people's morality that's mm. part of what we're fighting against right is this sense i mean we there are some universal morals mm-hmm. uh, moral moral principles but i mean i think i think that 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 certainly the abortion issue is not a settled issue right and you can't treat it like it is right and you know she's just taking the same line that all of these christians take which is this is murder yeah and it's definitively different yeah so so to to so, so that's what offends me about this. That's what I what I don't like. About, I don't know that I, I don't know that I felt sort of offended, um, but I, I I would take issue with uh, the 
bringing this this idea of morality into um the fact that we made a joke honestly you can make jokes about anything. Uh, she says like, she like, says just as funny as gas chamber jokes. I can think of some funny gas chamber jokes. Yeah, frankly, yeah. not now because we've ruined the mood. Yeah, the whole mood's broken. Yeah, so so way to ruin our gas chamber jokes. Yeah, kind of gas chambered us. Kind of. <laughs> exactly. You put humor in the gas chamber and dropped in the pill. And by that, um, <laughs> no, don't explain. Let's just move on. We're done. We're done. We're, we're done saying things and then backtracking slightly. Yeah, yeah. Let's not take. Let's let's not take three steps forward. Just, and let's then, just, rem- just let's just all take a moment and remind ourselves that there's not just one group in the history of the planet that's ever been put in a gas chamber. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Gas chambers exist outside of certain events. <laughs> Why is that even necessary to mention? Because we're dealing with a sensitive, uh, like, she, okay. she, she, I think that, you know, I don't want to completely discount the fact that she was offended by what we were saying. No. You know, like, I, I would take issue with, with the idea of being, like, you, you can't, it's, there are times when comedy, and I don't think that we're comedians. I've never thought we're comedians. I think we're just two guys having a conversation right like this is not a comedy show two funny guys <laughs> having a conversation i will acknowledge that we, we make each other laugh <laughs> um but um we're not we're not comedians but anyways um but when you when you're I, I when i go and i can i guess i can only talk about the way that i sort of seek out comedy um when i'm like listening to um somebody's stand-up routine i'm watching something whatever um i and 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 i feel like they've crossed a line for me Uh uh-huh that's me yeah yeah yeah. and if they keep crossing it and i just don't find them funny then i turn them off yeah then you do what christine said she's doing and you just turn us off yeah that's fine yeah but but you can't scold us yeah especially not on moral grounds (laughs) no so anyway well frank yeah we've had a lot of emails lately yeah this is true a lot of emails and a lot of them are about uh a couple of our conversations that we've had recently involving um the american atheist bench and the uh all of the the hullabaloo surrounding Mm, it yeah And, and we had all of our brilliant ideas about what we thought should happen and about where we and then we expanded it into where we thought the movement should go Mm -hmm. all brilliant uh there were those who disagreed with our position. Uh, we had probably, yeah, we had we had tens, literally tens of emails, which is like a record number. It's a lot. That's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, and and frankly, uh, we just felt like the other side of this issue needed to be represented. Mm-hmm. So guess what we done did? What did we do? We uh, we got no illusions from one of my favorite uh, podcasts, the Scathing Atheist. Oh, fantastic! To come on. Hi, okay. Noah. How are you? Doing great. How about yourself? <laughs> well, we're doing fine, <laughs> but we're under siege, yeah. and we need you to siege us further. Uh-oh. Gotcha. I, I didn't realize I was adding to the tens of emails you were already getting when I sent uh, Elevens my of. opinion. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. So uh, the reason that we're having you on is because, as you mentioned, you were one of the uh, the emailers taking, mm. taking us to task. Mm-mm. And I thought, you know what? You were also probably uh, 
the 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 most acute email mm. uh, sender. Your 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 emails were were to the point and 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 brilliant. So I thought. Well, thank you. I think you're cute too, by the way. Oh, thanks. You haven't seen my new photo that I put on our Facebook page. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to see it <laughs> at this moment. <laughs> it's dastardly, <laughs> is what it is. Anyway, uh, so so here we are. You, uh, in in your email, you called uh, us the, uh, well, what was the word you used? Not co- copacetic. Copacetic, thank you. Oh. The copacetic atheists, and, and you, refer, you put yourself firmly in the... Uh, it, now I now I don't remember what see I had my your word and then you said my word and then it ruined everything. Oh gotcha. I mean, well, you know, it, the way I you know, obviously we're talking about a spectrum. Yes, indeed. Nobody says that there is no level of antagonism that you you know that you can't go to. Um and that and nobody says that it shouldn't be situational. But the mm-hmm. the point that I was trying to make in the email I sent you and and I you know, again, this is something where we're going to agree on 99% of it. Right. But I do feel that at certain times, that kind of antagonism, the kind of antagonism maybe represented by that bench in Florida, is necessary. It's not just useful, but it's necessary because it forces the conversation. You can ignore a copacetic voice. You can ignore a voice that doesn't offend you. Mm. Indeed. Yeah. And one of the things that that you took us to task for uh, initially was that that we would we were in some way avoiding confrontation. And of course, I, you and I went back and forth in our emails, and I said uh, I, that I don't think that we avoid com- confrontation. I just think that our version of confrontation looks different. Mm. Uh, but but you you you're you were a strong voice for the what you, you the word you used is the acerbic uh, side of atheism. So help me understand what it is that we gain. Uh, now, so you're saying that what you're saying, I guess, is that is that a, a, an acerbic voice is one that's harder to ignore than one that's 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 speaking quietly. And, Absolutely. Okay. Uh, you know, if you use the Oh, I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, no, go uh, ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say using the example of the bench in Florida, if we were to put something up there that's just a, a representation of the importance of church and state, you know, it it may send a message that, you know, we're above the fray and that we're going to we're going to engage you on this intellectual level, but a lot of people aren't ready to engage on that level at all. You know, I saw a right. recent poll that showed 34% of Americans favor making Christianity the state religion. Indeed. 31% that uh, believe in young earth creationism. These people are <laughs> not going to respond to, you know, hey, church and state, boy, that's really good. It's founding part of our nation. But they are going to respond to, pardon the French, but they are going to respond to fuck you. And if, as you're, um, you know, this, this was all prompted by an emailer uh, that you discussed on, I believe it was episode 83, a guy named Scott, who said that, you know, obviously there are two faces that we have to have. We have to simultaneously be that copacetic voice that, you know, you can, that can talk to your mother-in-law or your liberal Christian neighbor and just explain what Christianity is all about. But when we engage with the fundamentalists, especially legally, we need to be, and I'm going to use his term, it needs to uh, be, quote, barring surrender, they will be for, oh, sorry, I got the wrong quote here. In terms of the legal campaign against fundamentalism, it needs to be a no-holds-barred, slash-and-burn campaign to the death. Now, maybe that's going a little too far uh, in the terminology, but I I agree with the sentiment there, that we can't afford to be copacetic if they're not. And and, and when they're putting uh, a Ten Commandments, what is it, six-ton Ten Commandments outside of a courthouse, 
and we say, hey, would you mind moving that? And they say no. And then they get the legal authority not to. I think the only way that we can respond is to say, all right, you insulted us. We're going to insult you back. I don't see how a copacetic voice at that point really benefits the movement. Well, I, I hear what you're saying. I guess I guess part of what I'm getting to. And I've read a lot of a lot of these emails, and to me, they they I want you know they make sense. They make a lot of sense. Maybe what what I'm getting to uh, in my thinking is that there are venues in which different uh, voices are appropriate, mm-hmm. and venues in which they are they're they're going to do more harm than good. Mm-hmm. When you say Noah that uh, that fuck you. Is the only is is sometimes the only thing they'll hear. I I would counter that by saying, yeah, they'll hear it, but they won't hear the message behind it. Right. All they they'll hear is hear antagonism. It. Right. I think that absolutely I, that's the point I would I would want to make is that you know that thirty one or thirty four percent whatever it is, um, nothing's ever going to get through to them. And so for for my mind, it's the it's that other percentage, whatever it would be that maybe might be a little bit more reasonable, that would be willing to listen, that would be willing to be engaged. But there's that certain group that will never be engaged, and I don't think that we need to worry about them. And so that's why I wouldn't say fuck, fuck you to them, because I don't care about them. You know what I mean? Like, that's, I mean, I don't know. Does that make sense, Noah? No, absolutely. And and there are, I, I will admit in, uh, readily, that there are definitely people that you lose when you take that attitude. But there's also people that you gain from that, and, and, and you're talking to one of them. You know, I was never a religious person, but I was into that – well, it was religion. It's the hippie, new age, spiritual religion. Uh-huh. And, and I gave that up because smart people were treating it like it was stupid. And I said, you know what, damn it, my thing isn't stupid. The thing I believe, I'm going to prove that this thing is, oh, wait a minute, it is, it is stupid. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, Matt Dillahunty uh, uh, says that basically the same thing, that the antagonism forced him to say, no, you know what, I'm going to prove you guys wrong. If you think this thing is stupid, I'm going to prove you wrong. And then when he started looking, of course, he became not just an atheist, but an, an, an outspoken atheist. Mm. So I think sometimes that voice is going to resonate with some people. Yes, it'll turn some people away. But at the same time, it's also going to take some of these agnostics, some of these people who sit on the fence, some people who are atheists but not outspoken atheists, not atheist activists, and rally them. Okay, so help me understand your story a little bit because to my mind, the way it works in my brain so far, and I'm, 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 going, I'm allowing you to correct me here, but the way it works in my brain is that when someone just looks at you right in the face and tells you that things that you believe are stupid hmm. – you te- at least for me, I tend to just go, well, fuck you. Things that you believe are stupid, and I walk mm-hmm. away and try and fart when I'm walking away. <laughs> but when some, but what has made the the moments that in my life that have made me really like sort of check my own belief is when someone like very earnestly says, ah, well, I mean, I I hear what you're saying, but I don't. I and this has to be someone also that I that I somehow respect in some way, right? They say I don't, I can't go along with you on that, and I go, holy shit! Someone that I respect isn't going along with me on this, and that's what makes me jump to it. So, in your life, was it was it a a big old fuck you that that brought it brought you to your uh, to your revelations, or was it was it someone that you respected, sort of challenging you? Well, it, you know, it's a combination of both, and and I should say that I feel like we need obviously that voice as well. We need that ecumenical voice. I, I, I feel like when you're on that one, in that one-on-one conversation, you definitely want to be that person. You don't want to, you know, I would never advocate telling somebody to go fuck themselves to their face or, or taking that antagonistic attitude. 
But if I'm, you know, on a podcast, if I'm in a debate, something like that, it's a completely different thing because then you have more people than just the person you're talking to listening in. Um, right. You know, I would think that for most people, for myself and for most people, it's a combination of different approaches. The, what drove me away from my parents' religion was watching Monty Python and uh, reading uh, <laughs> Douglas Adams and just seeing that, okay, this is just something that you can lampoon as silly. Um, and what took me away eventually from the pseudoscientific thing that I replaced it with was quite simply, it was the, the Penn and Teller approach, you know, that, that as acerbic as you can be, just ignore, like there is no uh, merit whatsoever to this belief. Mm. But now once I reached that point, it took somebody who was a little more ecumenical. It took uh, uh, like a, a Stephen Novella kind of a voice, a respectable voice that doesn't take it seriously, but at least takes it seriously enough to explain why it's silly. Right. You know, so it's a combination, I think, of those voices. I think that we need all of that. And, of course, like I say, there is definitely a level of acerbic that you never want to go to. Uh, but I think that a good balance, a good chorus of those voices, the first one shocks you. And, yes, you walk away and you might be calcified in your beliefs. But sometimes for some people, that that sticks with you, that insult sticks with you, especially if that insult comes in the form of a logical argument. Right. Well, you know, a lot of what you say – that makes total sense to me. And what I, one of the things that I really would like to pull out of what you, what I just heard from you, is the notion that there are, again, there are different venues in which different kinds of, uh, of speech is going to be more helpful. I think you know, with with a sh with shows like ours, with shows with a show like yours, people seek us out, and so the people that are listening. Know, mm -hmm. know to some extent what they're getting themselves into. Exactly. They want to hear, you know, I, either they're Christian and they want to hear what the opposition side is, is saying, or they're atheists and they want to hear, you know, something that's going to that's gonna help them in their processing of their, pro, uh, of their beliefs. Mm -hmm. so, I, so I agree with you that, I mean, I love your show and you guys don't pull any punches and you guys, you know, are, you're, you're, you're brilliant in, in, in your excoriations of theology. Um, Why, thank you. You're, you're very <laughs> welcome. Uh, so I, I, I totally agree with you that there's a place for that. I just think we need to be, we need to be cognizant of where those places, where the, yeah. that voice belongs versus where, you know, because, because frankly, nobody's coming to, uh, no, nobody who's becoming, who's being made aware of our movement by this bench, yeah, is seeking it out. Yeah, you you always have to think of the audience and what's the, where does that thing, that that piece of media or that um, artifact like this bench, like who who is the audience? You know, who is the intended audience? Who is the accidental audience? And and you have right, to take, think... and you have to craft a message that's going to work in that arena. Right, but I think in this particular arena, the audience is more the Christian group that sets up the next six-ton Ten Commandments monument than it is the person who's looking at that bench. I think in that instance, the, 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 the intended audience is the fundamentalist that says, okay, if, if we do this, then they can do that, and we don't want them to do that. I so we that. have to do something they really don't want to do. I hear that, but yet I also think that we're playing to a much larger audience than that with that venue. Now, here's the thing. My objection to that bench... My, I, it, it's it's minor. I the bench itself is more. I'm you. We use that as sort of a metaphor for a larger right. idea. The bench itself, I don't. It's fine. I I hate the design of it. I think it's ugly as sin. <laughs> well, but, we can agree on that. But other than that, I don't really have an objection to the bench. I just think we we as a movement can do better. 
I think we yeah. can be larger. I think we can be more. I, I think we can be more powerful. So while I hear you say, while I hear your point that what that we do want to prevent, you know, other six ton monuments to you know ten stupid rules, mm-hmm. I, either stupid or obvious rules, I think. I think that these are the moments, uh, you know, and and nobody's better no, in this country at sort of getting p- national attention than the American atheists. Hmm. They're getting that national attention, not just of the fundies that are thinking of putting together a you know, a fund to to, mm-hmm. to raise a monument, but they're getting the attention of a of everybody. Yeah. So it's the so it's those moments where are we missing opportunities to capture p- people's ear mm-hmm. in a way and craft a message. That's much larger than just fuck you. How dare you put your monument on my ground and whatever? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It was a fuck you monument. I mean, I just I was kind of disappointed that it wasn't more of a um, of, of what could have been with this audience that that was generated because of it a, a teaching moment, right? This idea of like why not have it be about separation of church and state? Because it, in in an, in an s in in some way to me that's still a fuck you to that monument, <laughs> but it's right. but it's also saying hey you know like what we're really trying to do here is have a solid separation of church and state rather than just pointing over at that thing and being you know ah, we don't like it and so we're going to put this ugly bench here that has a few quotes that you know are going to get a little bit of play in the media but that aren't going to really say anything well you know obviously it's it's really awkward for a guy like silverman who's really trying to you know be a voice for a a group that has a disparate series of voices Mm, Um, yeah that's true you know and 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 i'll definitely agree that you know it it could have been done better but but one thing that i'd like to offer in defense of that acerbic approach is if you look at the new atheist movement which is clearly defined by taking a more acerbic more insulting more direct approach to atheism rather than being you know rather than responding when they come in and try to pray in schools or or, or teach creationism but the one that takes the fight to them since that's occurred in you know whatever starts in 2001 2003 depending on uh, which author you prefer and since then, the number of atheists, the number of people who identify as atheists has gone up immensely. Now, obviously, I can't draw causation to that. But what I can say is that clearly the acerbic approach hasn't drawn away so many people that we can't still grow our numbers with it. True. Now, what we need yeah. to find is really where is that balance? Where is the correct balance? But I think we need to do it empirically. Now, you know, f- for me personally, it was the more acerbic approach that drew me away from my nonsensical beliefs. And so that's, and it's also what I'm good at. I'm not good at being ecumenical. If I had to be <laughs> ecumenical, my show would be really boring. I don't do that. Well. Um, so, but I also think it's important that everybody is able to bring whatever voice they have to the movement. And, and I want, you know, I want my show to, to force a conversation, but I want that conversation to happen with people like you. Right. You know, I, when, 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 Bill O'Reilly goes or has David Silverman on. You know, David Silverman makes an ass of of himself in front of that very small audience that's watching Bill O'Reilly. Um, I, I say very it's a hell of a lot bigger than my audience. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, at any rate, so in that moment, I don't think he makes us any friends. But I think in the moments that follow, when when the people who don't watch Bill O'Reilly see it and see what a pathetic uh, argument Bill is able to offer for belief and how silly he comes across, I think we get more positive than negative from that hmm. i think that's possible i i would say i mean and he, here's one where one place where i'll quibble with you i would say that the new atheism is not defined by insult but rather by steadfast 
declaration of belief. Mm. It's a, to me, the new atheism is defined almost as much by visibility as anything else. Yeah. The fact is that we're willing to talk now. We're willing to say, hey, look, I'm atheist. I'm right here. You're looking at it. To me, right. that is mo- that's the powerful thing about the new atheism. And yeah, there's and frankly, we don't have to insult anybody. All we have to do is point out their all we have to do is hold a mirror up to their beliefs and it's enough. Their <laughs> beliefs are stupid enough as it is. We don't have to say, "Hey, look how stupid you are." We just have to go, "You believe that a donkey talked." Yeah. Right. You- I I'm actually I just got to that part of the Bible I'm reading it in connection with my show. <laughs> right. Holy shit. Yeah, that yeah. part was written by Disney. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> you believe that Dreamworks, that yeah. animals talk and that all of the that all of the humans on the earth had to be destroyed at one point because an infallible being created everybody in such a way that they turned out the way he didn't want them to. Like all we have to do is point out these yeah. beliefs and we're done. Like yeah. the insults in inherent in just that, in just the mirror. Well, absolutely, but I think there are people within, even within the atheist movement that would look at the way you just characterized belief in the Bible and say that that's too assertive. So, you know, like, again, well, it's all about where you draw the line. Yeah. You know, I'm certainly, not, I'm certainly not advocating. There are obviously people who go way too far and, you know, the, and, and do us harm by just being mean, by not making any point with it. Right. Uh, but I think that as long as you're sending a message— as long as you're making a point, I think we should be very liberal on how we define going too far. I think so. I mean, I think I, obviously uh, one of the things that we're fighting for as a movement is the freedom to say what we want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so if we within the movement are inhibiting people from saying what they want to say, we're, we're sort of <laughs> we're doing a, yeah. a micro version of a, of a macro problem. So I, I think I think you're right that we need to to be open to, to that conversation. I just think, especially among the people who are who have become the de facto leadership of our movement, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I, th- I think we need to be more careful. That's I think that's it's time. Uh, we're 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 I think we're on the precipice of of sort of the biggest moment of our movement. It's time to really start sitting down and asking ourselves, you know, because to me. I keep seeing all of these atheists, you know, on Facebook, on, on, you know, I get emails who are prepping for the big debate. Hmm. And until, as far as I'm concerned, that debate belongs on college campuses and, you know, among friends. It doesn't, it's not going to help anything in the larger scale to, to, to have debate spill out into, you know, I meet a Christian on the street and... I know what I'll do. I'll launch into debate with him. I don't right. think I don't think he's going to help anything. So all of these sort of you know all all everybody who's prepping for the the big debate, everyone who's who's you know locking down all of their all of their talking points. I just I just don't think that that's going to be helpful. Let's let's let Sam Harris, who's brilliant at it, go ahead and do it. Right. You know, let's let let's let Dawkins get out there and and do some debates on college campuses. But mm-hmm. let's also have. A much broader, much kinder, much more welcoming face to right. this movement. Well, I think it's, when 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 a movement doesn't have a lot of, you know, um, visibility—that's the word I'm looking for. 
um, when, when you don't have a lot of visibility, you have to you do have to sit in the corner and yell for a minute. You do have to scream. You do have to get attention. You do I have guess to. That's true. You know. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you you have to sit there and 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 that's something that American atheists did a really really good job of. And I'm starting to just feel like we might not want to be yelling in the corner anymore because we've kind of moved out of the corner, right? Like, yeah. Like maybe we still do need them from time to time, or we still need them. We still need that attitude from time to time, that willingness to scream and to yell and to get attention. But I think we're moving past that. I think we're I think we're out there more. We're more visible. I have no problem telling anybody that I've just met that I'm atheist. Right. Me too. And and I mean this this goes for you know um, professional settings. Sure. I'm perfectly right. willing in a professional setting to just be like I'm atheist. Right. You know, in the same way that I that I say that I'm gay. Now we're in a cushy position. Where there's a lot of people that we met on our tour of the South that aren't in that position. Yeah, that's that true. Don't feel comfortable doing right. that. And I think I think our goal is to get ourselves to get our our group of people to the point where that's just fine. Yeah, but ten years ago in Salt Lake. Yeah, that's you true. know what I mean. I, right. No, we're definitely taking good steps in the right direction. And and, and I would love. I'm completely with you, by the way, on on almost everything that you just said because I, I believe that. Yes, you meet somebody in the street and you start arguing with them about something that's sacred to them. You're, you might as well be talking to the wall 99% of the time. Yeah. Um, so, again, it just comes back to that situational aspect of it. But I would, I also would love to see an atheist group that was the counter to the American atheist, that, that, that had that more ecumenical approach. But what I, you know, I can't help but notice that there are plenty of groups that would love to be that group, and they're not getting invited on O'Reilly. Right. You know, they're still not, you know, like the, the it's the people that are screaming in the corner are still the ones that the mainstream media is willing to talk to. Well, that might be true. It's a valid point. Yeah. Well, but the other thing is that nobody here. Here's another thing. I, you know, I, I think that there are that we need to have a a loud section of our of, of our movement that's still that's yelling, but that's yelling something different than yeah. what than what American atheists is yelling. I think there we need to be screaming and hollering. I think we need to be loud. I think we need to not allow ourselves to be ignored. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that the message that we're yelling has to be what American atheist is yelling or what, you know, what whomever is yelling. I think we need to I think we as a movement need to really sit down and think about what message it is we're yelling. Yeah. I agree with the yelling. I'm not I'm not opposed I mean I I wouldn't have a podcast if I didn't think that we needed to <laughs> shout out into the universe but yeah but it, it's about what we're yelling yeah. and i'm still i i still don't feel like i know exactly what the message should be yet i i'm not i'm not sold on even my own ideas completely at this point well, <laughs> you're just willing to say why, them well, uh, yeah, yeah, well I'll, I'll spout it i'm not gonna <laughs> not say it you know, I'm just... well, you know i think that's all the more reason why we need as many voices as many points of view and as many approaches as possible because we will find out just through evolution what what works and what doesn't natural mm. selection will weed out the things well, that don't work that's actually and a really I think, good point thank you um <laughs> but uh i i feel like you know we, we need to base this really and it's impossible to get you know real empirical evidence on this but we need to be, base it on what we actually see working and not working in the real world and what i think i see again and this is not particularly scientific what i think i see is the loud david silverman's pissing people off to the point where they start a conversation you know with a frank or a dan mm-hmm. well yeah and the and i guess we can survive if the first part of that conversation has to be oh i don't agree with what he said 
He doesn't represent. Right. It is a pain in the ass to constantly have to defend somebody that you don't really even agree with, in 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 in, in, in at least in terms of approach. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and it's it's fine as now. My, you know, again, I I do think that some so a lot of the uh, the people that see him on O'Reilly are going to go, oh, see, there's no point to ever even talking to those people, and then the conversation stops. But, uh, you know, maybe there are people that for whom that, you know, maybe that guy, that even that stopped conversation guy, when someone like me or Frank says, oh, by the way, oh, I'm atheist, you know, while we're working together, maybe down the road he has some questions. Hey, did you see blah, blah, blah? And then, and then you know, a conversation can start that way. I suppose that... I think you're right. I I, I think I'm I'm fairly convinced on the point that that we need to be sort of now's the moment in our in our movement when we need to be observing what is and isn't working. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Good job, Noah. Why? Thank you, sir. <laughs> this is why we had you on. I knew there was a reason. <laughs> I knew we fig- I knew we'd get to it at some point. I think. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think that's good. And frankly, I don't think that we need to say. We can't be empirical about this, or we can't. I I think we need to. Hey, who who out there is a college uh, professor or something? Let's get some studies going on what well, works know, uh, and Luke what doesn't. Galen, uh, Luke Galen from uh, Reasonable Doubts podcast. If you're familiar with his work, he, sure. he's looking into a, a quite a bit of this, and he's got some really interesting stuff to say. And hopefully, someday he's going to write a book and uh, we can add it as a uh, guideline for us. Or, uh, but, you know, I think the really important thing is that we keep having this conversation internally, yeah. that we mm-hmm. don't end up schisming out because it's so easy for for the argument or the discussion to become an argument where I'm now defending any amount of uh, antagonism and, and, and <laughs> you know, we, we polarize uh, just because of the nature of the discussion. So I think as long as we're having this conversation and asking what message are we trying to send and how are we trying to send it, Mm-hmm. And, and being open to the answers. Floor. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think yeah. that's the key. And I frankly think that uh, our group, meaning the atheist movement, is one that's prepped and fairly ready to be open to answers and to yeah. listen to, like, science and reason. Yeah. That's one advantage that we do have. We, we, right. We can check our answers against the real world. You can never actually ask God what he thought about something. Right. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody, somebody yeah. might actually have some some data that could change some opinions. Yeah, and if you know, if uh, lesbians and gay men could form a movement together <laughs> and have it work, they can take over the world, right? <laughs> then I think atheists can uh, find some common ground. I, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Well, Sounds Noah, to me. thank you so much for coming on. Tell everybody how we how they can find you. Uh, well, you can check us out on the iTunes, the Stitcher, or you can just go straight to uh, scathingatheist.com and uh, get it straight from the horse's mouth. Awesome. Cool. It's perfect. It's uh, it's a great show. Highly recommend it. Everybody go out there. Uh, thanks for coming on, Noah. Yeah, thanks, thanks for Noah. having me. Thanks uh, a lot. All right. We'll talk to you another time. All right. Take care, okay. guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was a nice conversation. You see? You see what can happen when when people actually just talk to each other rather than at each other? Oh, that's nice. Miracles. I tell <laughs> small you, miracles it's small miracles here of on TGIA. Conversant miracleization. <sighs> that's what I'm going to call it. Well, that Let's was great. Let's congratulate ourselves. I'm, I'm shaking my own hand right now. 
Well done. Yeah, good. Yep, good job. Uh, Thanks again, Noah. That was fantastic. And, uh, you know, uh, how can people get in touch with us? Well, they can like us on Facebook. They can do that. Facebook.com slash TGI Atheist. Yep, or you can write to us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 424-666-8442. Remember, there are some videos on YouTube. Yeah, go to YouTube. And then uh, if you subscribe, you'll just get them. They'll just show up. There's there's some more. There's some more to come. Uh, Still some from our trip that that we haven't had time to finish up. Yeah, they'll slowly continue to trickle out. And uh, and uh, thanks for uh, joining us. Yeah. And uh, thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for letting us use their music. And should we thank? No. All right. No, we're not going to thank our our intern Sarah because she hasn't (laughs) been doing stuff. Sorry, Sarah. You get a mention, but not a thank you. Next week, maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Have a good one, guys. Bye, everybody. Bye.